Welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Indeed. It is Quality Hang. I'm Rod Brooks, and as always, I am joined by my partner in crime on this podcasting adventure, the king of New Orleans. He is Marcus Osborne. What's up, dude? What's happening, man? This just popped into my head. Uh, Um, I was leaving the set outside of Levi's Stadium. We had just finished the 49er pregame show on NBC Sports Bay Area before the Niners Saints game. Yeah. And as I'm walking back uh, with uh, with Dante Whitner and, uh, and Carlos Ramirez and executive producer John Giacomo, I, this guy, you know, a lot of people say, you know, hey, Rod, what's up or whatever, not to pat myself on the back, but a lot of people do that. But this one guy was very insistent and he made a beeline toward me, a brother. And he's like, Rod Brooks. I'm like, yeah. And he's a Niner fan. He's yeah. like, I'm from New Orleans. And I listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh! <laughs> so I, I I didn't get the brother's name because it was kind of a hectic time. We were we were rushing to get uh, to the Sweet. press box because the game was about to start. But this yeah, his brother's like, oh man, I listen to your podcast. I love you. And he was calling his people over. He's like, this is the guy I was telling you about, Rob Brooks. Sweet. I listen to his podcast. So brother Sweet. man, if you're listening, uh, the interaction was great. I'm sorry it was quick. I'm sorry I did not get your name. You can email uh, the show. Uh, quality hang, uh, quality hang pod, quality hang pod at, uh, at gmail.com. Give us your info. We'll shout you out, man. I appreciated the love. Hey. We, we appreciate you, uh, listening to the podcast, but that just popped into my head when we started recording here. And, and I want to tell you about it, man, but people, That's people sweet. digging the vibe, baby. Sweet. Well, I got, I, I should have sent you a picture. I got a, somebody sent me a picture. So Spotify, uh, does this thing where they do a wrap of all the stuff that you listen to throughout the year. Yeah. I see that this is big on, uh, on Twitter and yeah, I, I have no idea what it is, oh, <laughs> but everybody's doing the Spotify thing. And I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I love it. I'm well, I'm a big Spotify guy. I think I, as I looked at my stats, I'm, I'm in the, uh, the top, what 15% of Spotify use in the world. I listen to a lot of music and a lot of podcasts. I'm a, I'm an arts and, an arts junkie. So somebody sent me a picture of their wrapped um, for 2022 and their top five podcasts. Quality Hang was number three. Yeah, baby. World domination. So There's nothing you can do about it. We're coming <laughs> for you. The streets will run red with the blood of the non-believers. So you might as well get on board. <laughs> yeah. I'm going I'm to send you that picture, by the way. It's pretty cool. It's pretty oh, cool. Man, it's awesome. Pretty cool to see. So, uh, but by the way, how was your holiday? How was your Thanksgiving? We had this uh, first show it, in weeks. It was uh, it was great. I had to work. Uh, I did uh, Xfinity, not Sports Sunday, because it was a Thursday. Uh, Xfinity Sports post game on NBC Bay Area, the the local NBC affiliate. Yeah. Uh, after the uh, Thanksgiving night game, was it Vikings Patriots? I forget. Yeah, it was Vikings Patriots. Uh, yeah. I did the the post game show on uh, NBC Sports Bay Area with uh, with Dave Feldman. Uh, so I had to work. It wasn't a traditional Thanksgiving where I got to uh, eat too much and uh, and drink too much. So, yeah. um, it, but, you know, it, it was cool. It was cool. I mean, you know, quiet as kept. I, I kind of did enjoy the, the solitude on a day where, and not that I'm antisocial, <laughs> and I love the people. That uh, that we spend Thanksgiving with, but uh, it it was it was it was nice just to kind of get some some me time for a couple hours and uh, and then go do television. 
Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. I I was uh, here. I was essentially I was by myself. This is the first time I've spent the holiday alone. Uh, I can't tell you. I may be the first time ever I've actually spent it by myself. Oh, that, this is the first Thanksgiving where I wasn't around people in my entire life. Yeah, I think this is what it was it for me too. And I didn't uh, I didn't mind it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did miss having that Thanksgiving meal, man. Woo, I missed that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely missed the grub. No I, I, oh man, that, was, yeah, that man. hurt my feelings, dude. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Somebody got to make that up to me. <laughs> I, I was I was lucky enough to uh, to to get um, you know to get stuff brought to me, which was absolutely great. Yeah, but I but in missing out on it entirely like you did, nah, yeah. that probably would have broken me. I, I was I was very you know content with not going to our usual Thanksgiving dinner because I yeah. knew the dinner the food aspect of it anyway, was yeah. eventually going to come to me. If I didn't have that to look forward to, yeah, my my being, you know, sort of sanguine about, well, you know, I was fine being alone. Yeah. Thanksgiving. <laughs> that, that, that wouldn't have been the case. That would have been, you know, I would have been a blubbering mess in the corner somewhere like, I don't know why, I don't know why don't people love me? Oh, my God. I, uh, I, I love this particular holiday. And, and I always, I've always gotten a bunch of shit about it. Uh, just because, well, you know what it's about. I, I understand the original meaning of the holiday. I understand the origin of the holiday. But for me, personally, it's never even been about that. Mm-hmm. For me, it's always about, quote unquote, giving thanks for your friends and your family and Absolutely. your life, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, fuck them pilgrims. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> God damn it, that's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> buckle on the hat wearing ass motherfuckers. Fuck the pilgrims, dog. Yeah, fuck the pilgrims, man. I, <laughs> I just, I, I've always liked it because for me, it's always, it's, if you like your family, if you have a decent support system, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's a perfect holiday. Absolutely. No, for, I mean, you get to hang out with your friends and family. Yeah. You get yeah. to eat, you get to shoot the shit, you get to watch some football, maybe go outside and play some football, maybe go to a movie like I did. Yeah, I mean it's it's an well, amazing, amazing time. You you know what it is, and and to me, this is great. It's a uniquely American holiday. I know Fourth of July is a uniquely American holiday, but to me, yeah. Thanksgiving is more so because it is it's it's a celebration of family. Yeah. It's a, it's a celebration of 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 excess, you yeah. know, eating too much and watching yeah. too much football and drinking too much or traveling too much or doing mm-hmm. just anything Thanksgiving related uh, too much. That That's, you know, what do we produce in this country more than anything? We produce consumption. Yeah, right? we that, do. That, that's what America is, yeah, is number one for for a variety of things. And as far as I'm concerned, um, as an adult, Thanksgiving is a superior holiday. Amen. Over Christmas. All right. Chris, Christmas is for the kids. Let yep. the kids have that. Adults who are too into Christmas, I'll say it, even though it's a bit it's a bit wild. Adults who are too into Christmas, you bother me. All right. <laughs> I'm cool with the Christmas spirit. I'm cool with you loving this time of year, but yeah. you know who I'm talking about. Them yeah. peoples who are adults who are just too into Christmas, you need <laughs> to pause. It's weird. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. But no, man, Thanksgiving, I mean it's in in a good way, it's been the holiday's been co-opted because um it's it's not about, you know, Native Americans and, yeah. and <laughs> the pilgrims who again fuck them. Um yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's about people in this country 
getting together with those that they love. Yes. Or at least those that they tolerate getting together, breaking bread and spending time together. And hopefully that time uh, is is a good time, considering that there's so many things in this country that that divide people or 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 make times just simply not good. Yeah, man, it's just uh, I just feel like we, we we've got to get to a place where not everything is about you know trying to not not even wokeism it's just everything doesn't have to be bad right because everything got to be a fight yeah and pretty much everything in this country and pretty much every holiday in this country stems from some horrific shit so <laughs> so i mean you ain't lying not, let's not be let's not be precious about it let's experience it and appreciate it for what it is and mm-hmm. the other aspect i like about it is you know we always talk about well this is the way it should be we, you shouldn't have to have a holiday for this you shouldn't have well, we shouldn't, but everybody knows we, we have lives, especially as we get older. And it's always great to take uh, a one day or one weekend out the year to reunite with your friends and family and yeah, say, yeah, I man. love you. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, you know, one weekend where we're just going to put all the bullshit aside or we're going to put our own bullshit aside or we're going to put our own, you know, desires and wants and whatever. And we're all going to come together. Yes. And we're just going to kick it for a little while yes. until either all the food and booze runs out or we get sick of each other. And then we go our separate ways, right? It's like, it's, you know, it's like, it's like a reset button, bitch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, we got a grub? Oh, you know, I got to be going. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I got a long drive ahead of me. Uh, let's, uh, let's get it started with uh, a trip around the world of lifestyle. What you got, my man? Um, so this has been going on for the last couple of weeks and, uh, I actually would have loved to have a chat about, you know, I'm a big old film and TV music guy. I, I love all those things. Uh, I, and in another life, I'd like to be a writer, uh, write film and television. I just love it. Um, but every few, every few months, somebody pops up and last, last year or a couple of years ago, it was. Uh, director Martin Scorsese. Now, the last few weeks has been Quentin Tarantino and J Lo, and they're just bitching and moaning and complaining about the marvelization of the film industry. They're saying that Marvel films and and these franchise tentpole uh, films are ruining the film industry. Uh, Quentin Tarantino went so far as to say, "You, I don't like Marvel films. Or not that he doesn't like them, but they're ruining things because you don't create they." They don't have movie stars. You don't have movie stars from Marvel. The the stars are the superheroes, not the actors. I'm like, well, okay. And then J Lo goes on to talk about how, well, you can't really, you can't get a film made anymore because people won't make a a, a small film about life and and relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And these things rub me the wrong way because it's, first of all, it's just really kind of all this uh, this uh. It's a vituperative sort of commentary on this particular aspect of the film industry. Like these are the things that are keeping the film industry alive. You should be thanking your lucky stars that Marvel and DC and these types of films are being made because without them, you're not getting anything else. I, I am I am not as big of a movie person as you are, um, and but I am I think the person that. Quentin Tarantino and Jennifer Lopez and Martin Scorsese and others are talking about. Um, I love the Marvel movies, and 
that's really the only time I even think about actually going to a theater. And those are the only movies that I will sit down when I have the opportunity and watch other movies. I, I just, I just, I don't care. But again, I, I've, I've really never been just that big of a movie person. Hollywood, as I reached adulthood, um, with the thanks, uh, with the help of uh, of Public Enemy and others, Hollywood has just always run me the wrong way. Yeah. I, I just, I just, I don't, I don't like Hollywood's get down. I don't, I, I don't, I don't like the the people like Quentin Tarantino, who I will get to in a moment. And and just a lot of times, just the, the subject matter, the gratuitous sex, the gratuitous violence, and not to make myself out to be some some um, uh, above everyone prude because I'm not above everyone and I'm not a prude. I just got tired of seeing just kind of the same old base ass shit when it came to movies and I just dropped out. Now it's easy for me to drop out because, well, my other form of of being entertained sports is always there. And I know that professional sports and college sports has its own problems um, that to some people are just as onerous as, as me not liking all the gratuitous sex and the gratuitous violence and how, how women and minorities are treated and portrayed in movies. Um, I understand that sports has its issues too, but I'm just talking about myself. I dropped out of the movie game a long time ago. But what has brought me back and and has gotten me interested in movies is Marvel and and what they've done with all of the comic book characters. So I think, Marcus, that kind of makes your point, is that if we didn't have Marvel uh, you know, doing what it's done over the past 10 to 12 years, the movie industry, which is not in a great position as it is, not that it's going bankrupt or anything, but if you didn't have Marvel doing its deal, Hollywood would be in worse shape than it is right now. All that being said, man, fuck Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I, 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 I think that dude and the movies he's produced are some of the most overhyped nonsense. Pulp Fiction, I don't get it. I don't get it. Don't like it. Don't care for it. Now I know that makes that puts me in the minority. I just, I don't, it's just, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Quentin Tarantino. I'm not a big fan of his movies. So nobody wants to give you money to make movies where, you know, this is your chance to use the word nigger liberally. And you're like, ah, I'm, I'm an artiste. And that's what I'm doing. Like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm not buying that. J-Lo. <laughs> It's J Lo. You can barely sing. You can't act. All right, just stop. Just, just stop. The, these, these, the, these Hollywood types that are that have been used to getting their own way for so long, now look around and go, "Oh wait, it's not that way anymore." Nobody's giving me money to make my own shitty movie or, or you know, my own sort of passion project. Well, then it, it's got to be somebody's fault. It's not mine. It's just not. It's not the industry is just changing and things are shifting. It's got to be. God damn it! It's Iron Man. Like, I ain't yeah. anybody trying to hear that? Get yeah. out of here. And 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 I, my feeling has always been, and it's very much like uh, the music industry. Very music industry is very similar. People bitch and complain about the stuff that makes money. Listen, if you, the the issue with the film industry, it isn't Marvel. It's the other shit that you're making that no, that doesn't draw people to the theater. Nobody wants to see it. Because here's the thing. When it comes to film, they complain about these, the small, quiet dramas that nobody goes to see. But you know what people just still go see? They still go see animated films in the movie theater. They still go see uh, horror in the movie theater. Yep. They still go see action and, and thrillers in the movie theater. So, And they still will go see a really good movie. 
um, everything, everywhere, all at once, which is a great, an amazing science fiction flick this may, this past year. Probably going to be nominated for Best Picture. People went to see it. It was made for a shoestring, and people went to see it and saw it in droves. So it's not the it's not Marvel. It's the movies that you're making. You have to understand that people go to the cinema in a different way now. You know what else I think it is? But Bob? and also people people can see consume movies in a different way. Yeah. And 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 Quentin Tarantino and his ilk were so used to people almost mindlessly going to a movie theater, plunking down twenty dollars and going, "Well, I'm gonna take my chances to see this movie, uh, or, or I gotta see <laughs> the latest Quentin Tarantino." N- no, not only can you go to the theater, that experience is still there. You got Netflix, you yeah. got Amazon, you got Apple, you got other outlets. But because it's not what they got used to or what they got rich and famous off of, which is just people just going and consuming movies in a movie theater because it's not that way anymore. Some way, somehow, it's someone else's fault. Hey, man, shit changes. Yep. Adapt or die. And isn't it funny when, when you hear somebody say that uh, there there's no movie stars in Hollywood anymore and there's no movie stars in these Marvel films. Like, well, wait, let me think about it. Samuel L. Jackson, Don Cheadle, Scarlett Johansson. I can go on and on and on. Robert Downey stars? Jr. Robert... Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> what are we rest in here? peace. What Get out of here. What Get out of here, man. Here? Get out of here. And people are clamoring to get these roles. So don't say that shit. And you know what other thing Rod Quad has kept low key is I love the theater going experience. I like to go like if like Black Panther, kind of forever. That's the movie I want to see in the theater with a group of people and have that, you know, that sort of communal experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't want to do that for every film because I don't think every film is worth my time, money, and effort. All the shit you have to deal with in the movie theater. People talking. Motherfuckers talking to the movie. Uh, people on their phones. Some of the places are fucking dirty. Expensive-ass uh, concessions. Yeah. People don't want to have to deal with that all the time. Nope. And, and, and if that experience isn't made better by the movie theaters, by the distributors, then you can expect more people to opt to stay home and watch movies and TV shows. Hollywood people like Quentin Tarantino got used to and got rich and famous off the fact that the only way you could consume movies... Hey, man, what's... It sounded like it was... uh, You okay? No, I'm here. Oh, it was just... It was scratchy. I don't know what happened. Oh, that's weird. Oh. Um, what, what I'm saying is the, the what people like Quentin Tarantino got rich and famous off of was if you wanted to see a movie, you were taking a chance. It could be good. It could yep. be bad. It could be eh. But the only way you were going to find out was to actually go to a movie theater. And you would put up with, because you had to, you would put up with... Uh, uh, not knowing if it was going to be a good movie. You would put up with high concessions. You would put up with lines and, and yeah. dirty theaters. And you would yeah. put up with unruly uh, moviegoers because you had to. Yeah. Now that you don't, now that the power is in the hands of the moviegoer, of the consumer, people like Quentin Tarantino don't know what to do. Yeah. Except do the obvious, which is lash out at something uh, because it must be something or someone's fault. In this yeah. case, he feels that it's Marvel's fault. Well, yeah. you know what? Suck it up, Buttercup. That's the deal. <laughs> and here's what's really, really messing up the movie industry and good for them. Television. I'm yeah. not talking about actual watching television. I'm talking about the apparatus. Televisions. 
you can you can get a 70 something inch television yep. for $500 that you can literally walk out of a store with under your arm yep. or somebody will bring you a 70 something inch television for $500 to your door and you yourself can install it on your wall and have movie theater surround sound yep. to go with this $500 70 inch television. Why in the hell would a guy like me want to go to a movie theater when I got a 70-inch screen for $500 movie quality surround sound and I ain't got to pay a grip just to get popcorn? It's funny, Rod, because I, about 10 years ago, I actually was, try, I was trying to uh, build an app. And, and I spoke to a handful of entertainment lawyers. But the app would allow people who don't, either can't go to the movie theaters or don't really like to go to the movie theater to enjoy first-run films. So in other words, mm -hmm. if Marvel releases a film, you can watch that film at home or on, on this app that I created, or you could watch it uh, in the movie theater. And then you know what these attorneys told me? They said, nope, it'll never happen because the, the theaters would never go for it and the production companies would never go for it. Well, guess where we are now? Yep. Guess where we are now? And I'm like, this is just inevitable. It, the technology is there. You either jump on board and adapt, as you said, or you get fucking left behind, and that's what's happening. TV in the 40s and 50s, that was a threat to the film industry. Video was a, VHS was a threat. Uh, DVDs were a threat. And now streaming is a threat. Yep. The, big, the biggest threat of all is you not adapting and creating an experience where people still want to go to the theater to watch a movie. And this is the thing that that scares the hell, yeah. particularly out of the NFL, because you do have these giant cheap televisions. Yeah, It is a lot easier, and <laughs> I'm going to say this, even though this yeah. is my job, going to yeah. football games and telling sure. people how great they are, it is not only easier, it is a better experience to it watch is. a football game on television. Now, the NFL has never run away from television because that's how they made their bones. That's how they're currently making their money. But the NFL, they know, yep. and this is this scares the shit out of them, that there are people who have looked going going to a game is time consuming. Yep. It's expensive. There are a lot of assholes, a lot of drunk assholes at professional football games. So you don't want to deal with that. You don't want to take your family. You know what? I'm not going. I'm just going to sit here and watch. Now, NFL yep. attendance hasn't fallen off of a cliff. Matter of fact, it's still robust. It's still strong. But the NFL is so scared of that boogeyman one day showing up and saying, now it's time to pay the piper. And they are worried about attendance really falling off because it's easier and better to just yeah. simply consume professional football at home. Let's continue this conversation into the sports because I, now that you brought it up, let's talk about it. I think that uh, the NFL is, is the league that's adapted to, well, NBA has done it very well, too. But the NFL, that's the league that has pretty much shown everybody else how to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the blackout rule for the NFL is completely stupid and archaic. There's no need for it. People are going to go to see football games in person no matter what. And, and you know what? I think it's the exact opposite reason of people not going to movie theaters. Because people love going to football games because they love that tailgating experience. They love all that pomp and circumstance stuff. They love the communal aspect of it, yes. too. You're around 70,000 yes. other people who 
think like you and root for the same people yes, as you do. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. very strong, and that's something the movie industry will never have. They'll never have that. But here we are in the NFL, and the NBA is starting to do it as well. All these, uh, all these professional sports leagues are, are 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 adapting to television to the big screens. I mean, shit. I watch an NBA game. I swear to God, it looks like NBA Two K. <laughs> like they they that's not by accident yeah they made it look like 2k i'm like this this is insane like this is like the video game now <clears throat> so i think that uh yeah i think that I, in, in baseball it hasn't adapted and maybe it's just you know what's funny baseball is the one sport where i actually would prefer to be there to watch it than to watch it on television yeah but, but it's because on television it's it's Scale. At least it's stale. It's very stale. That's exactly the word for it. But baseball now is starting to get around to it. That's why they've come up with the pitch clock. That's why you have the superimposed strike zone on the screen. And that's why eventually you are going to get robot umpires. Uh, you're going to get a computerized strike zone because the problem with baseball on television is that it's slow. If you go to a game, you're okay with the leisurely pace because, well, I paid for it, so I might as well get my money's worth out of it. But if you're just flipping on a game, a random one out of 162 regular season baseball game, and you got guys just standing around and there is the the impression that there is no action, it plays terribly on television. Yeah. Baseball, basketball, and football – um, even though there's a lot of downtime in football, there's the inference of action because you got guys coming in and out. You got things happening with basketball. There is a constant movement with soccer, which we'll yeah. get to in a second, you know, with yeah. the world cup happening as we tape this, there is at least constant movement on yep. the television screen. You can watch a baseball game and you will see the most important confrontation in sports hitter, batter, yep. catch uh, uh, hitter, batter, batter, pitcher, catcher, It'll be 20 seconds where one guy or all three of those guys might not move, yeah. literally might not move. Yeah. That's bad television. And then when you add in the fact that there's a bunch of strikeouts or the ball's not put in play or when it is put in play in baseball, it's it to somebody, it's terrible television. It's oh absolutely God. terrible television. You're spot on because when the, the World Cup, uh, watching soccer, I can actually sit and watch a soccer. And here's what's funny. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. But I'm not a big soccer dude at all. But I can sit and watch any soccer match on TV. Mm -hmm. I can watch any teams play football. I can watch. I can watch any NBA game. As a matter of yep. fact, I'm a I'm a big league pass dude. So I watch so much hoop. It's insane. I watch so much football. Again, it's insane. I can watch. I can't watch any two teams play baseball. Hell no. I can't do it. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> and this is a, I'm a, I'm a baseball, I'm an old school baseball fan. Hell, my team won the World Series, and you couldn't get me to sit and watch two random-ass teams play baseball. I, I just can't. I just can't, dude. So whatever it is that baseball needs to do to jump on this bandwagon and become a much more entertaining uh, broadcast product, they need to fucking do it. They're doing it, and the commissioner, Rob Manfred, who is a very easily uh, uh, hateable guy, um, he's doing it. That's why the pitch clock's coming in, as I mentioned. That's why you're going to get the robotics, the, the, uh, the computerized strike zone. That's why the shift has been eliminated. So it's, it's going to become a better television product. It's still not going to be anywhere near what the NFL gives you or what Major League Baseball gives you. But at least baseball, the, the thing is, they just need to speed it the hell up. 
You just you got to got to go. You got to go. Yeah. You got to go. You got to speed it up because that's just the way we consume stuff now. That's the way it is. You might not like it, but again, adapt or die. And baseball is the closest to to being the one where it's not going to just die completely, but it's the closest to irrelevancy here in this country as far as sports fans are concerned. The NFL doesn't have that problem. Major League Baseball doesn't have that problem. I don't think we're ever going to become a country where we just sit and watch uh, one city's soccer team play another city's soccer team. The MLS, because the product is not very good, and also yeah. we're just not really a soccer-watching country, the MLS is not at that point yet. But, hey, 30, 40 years from now, it could be a completely different story if Major League Baseball doesn't get its act together. Because what we're seeing here with the World Cup happening right now is that there is an interest in soccer. Uh, the game between the match between US uh, USA and England yeah. had more viewers than uh, a World Series game, any yeah. World Series game, yes. uh, than yes. any World Series game. And I think yes. it wasn't even close. Yes. And that's because we, as, as a sporting public, because of television, we we now understand soccer. We know soccer mm-hmm. because of mainly because of the English Premier League or, or or Champions League. And I'm one of those people. When I went to London oh, like 10, 12 years ago, I forget when it was, um, I went to a soccer match. I and I was I'm not a soccer person by any stretch of the imagination. Growing up in Texas, I didn't play soccer, yeah, didn't understand it. Didn't like it, thought it was stupid, thought it was boring. <laughs> but more to the point, I was ignorant of it. I didn't understand it. I went to see West Ham United play Stoke City uh, uh, for a match, and it completely rewired my brain. From that day on, I became a West Ham fan. And from that day on, I took in literal, genuine interest in the soccer. Now, like I said, that was a decade, decade plus ago. I understand the game. I love the game. So what the U.S. has done in the World Cup and what they may do as we tape this, uh, the U.S. is a couple of days away from a round of 16 knockout match against the Netherlands, against the Dutch. Whatever, I, I am on board completely. And when the U.S. is inevitably knocked out of the World Cup, I'm not going to stop watching. I will watch this bad boy to the end. I am one of tens of millions of brand new soccer okay. fans. And, and, I'd I'd rather watch an English Premier League game. I'd rather watch a, a Spanish La Liga game or any of the European leagues and definitely a Champions League game. I will watch any of those teams play yeah. before I sit down and watch a regular season baseball game. Yeah, you hate lying, brother. Please believe and, that. And it's interesting because once upon – like, think about the fact that basketball, this, this purely American sport, was – on the verge of being gone yeah. in the 70s. Just being gone. It's now the third most popular sport in the world. But, dude, it was on life support in the early to mid-80s. In the world. Right in the fucking, I, I mean, it's insane. It's soccer, cricket, basketball, field hockey, tennis. The three most popular sports in the world. I don't know how baseball is going to manage to kind of deal with this, but they better figure it out soon. Because soccer is coming very quickly here in the United States of America. And those numbers for the, uh, for the World Cup prove it. And the kids are playing soccer. And think about this. The most popular athletes in the world are now soccer slash football players. They're, they have the most followers. I think one guy had like 150. 
fifty million. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ronaldo I mean, is. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's and, ridiculous. And, and there's a cricket player who has like a hundred and eighty-five yeah. million. Like, yeah. you better get on yeah. board, America, because this these are the metrics that tell you where your sport is. And and hey, here here's where baseball better continue to watch its back. If the U.S. goes deeper into this cup, which I don't think they will. But if they go deep into this cup, and let's just say by hook or by crook, they make the the semis, which again, I don't think they will. Holy shit, that would be wild. And on top of that, even if the U.S. gets just just murked by the Netherlands coming up this this Saturday as we tape this, um, World Cup's coming to the U.S. in 2026. It's coming to North America. They're going to play in the United States, Canada, and in Mexico. Yo, man, that and it's going to be an expanded World Cup, too. I think we're going to get 48 teams instead of wow. 32. Yo, wow. dog, that is going to be off the meat hook. Wow. So with these two things kind of converging, if baseball really doesn't get its act together, what we've been talking about this country since the mid-70s of soccer's going to it's going to come, it's going to it's going to hit, it's going to hold, it's going to take over and Every time it didn't happen, it's happening now. It's I, I'm convinced it's going to happen now. I, I think I think that it's really having MLS has actually helped. It may not be high quality football. Oh, it helps but, for sure, but, for sure. But it's definitely helping because the guys on the U.S. men's national team, many of them play for MLS teams. So they're going to come back, and at least you're going to know those names. Now you still have to have guys like Pulisic. Particularly, you're going to have to have our guys play in the top league, and that's the Premier League. Or you're going to have to have our guys play in in the European leagues and and hopefully end up in some Champions League games. But kind of the meat potatoes of it, those guys playing in the World Cup, the country watching these games by the tens of millions of people, and then coming back to the United States, that is absolutely key for the MLS. And you just wait till they start inviting uh, soccer players to the Academy Awards so they can hand those guys their Oscars for the acting that they do every time they play fucking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I will say, and this doesn't happen in, in the Premier League because they just don't play that way. But watching international soccer, I, I get it because it bugs the shit out of me. Man, that flopping. And that, that's the thing. I, I really believe that's the one thing that's going to keep a lot of Americans from from really banging with soccer because it's just not something we we understand it's not something we vibe with when it came into basketball we roundly every yeah. single basketball fan was like no nah, that's bullshit you got you got to get that out the game and they've gotten flopping out of the game but to see it in soccer it is hard to take it seriously and as i say to people all the time i go the more they roll around on the ground, the more bullshit the injury is. Yep. Because if you really that hurt, you ain't doing all that rolling around and all that screaming. If somebody really got you and you're hurt, you ain't moving. You know why? Because you're fucking in pain. That's why. So, yeah, the flopping and shit, yeah, that's that that's garbage. That's the one thing in soccer where me as, as, a, as a fan, I go – God, this is hard to watch. <laughs> At this point, I just, I just laugh. It's just hilarious. I, my, I'll say to someone like, "No, he's all right. He's all right. Trust me, he's all right." But he looks like, 
No, he good. He good. He good. My favorite is is that they can't even figure out which body part to grab to really embellish the injury. Like when they're looking for, like, is it my ankle? Is it my knee? Is it my calf? Like they're they're looking for it as they're either going to the ground or as they're rolling around on the ground. Like, get up. Get the hell so up. Fucking funny. Um, uh, sticking into sports before we move on, we got to talk about this Jerry Jones thing. It, it's a it's a weird controversy. I don't know if you've seen this, but oh, yeah. th- there's a picture of Jerry Jones floating around, and uh, they, you know, as typical of these pictures of from the 50s and 60s, the school is being integrated, and there's a bunch of racist ass white kids basically telling, confronting the black kids, keeping them from coming in or entering or whatever. And there's a there's little old Jerry Jones back there. <laughs> Just here's my feeling about it. I my gut tells me based on who he is and where he's from and the era that it's in, my gut tells me Jerry Jones was completely down with all that bullshit. Hell yeah. But I won't pass the judgment because I don't. It could have very well been, as he said, yeah, I just happened to be there. The ship was going down. And I went over to see it. Like, I could see that happening as well. My gut tells me, though, he was on the side he wanted to be on. Hell yeah! <laughs> but I can't really. I I I can't say. I can't say. Yeah, one hundred percent sure that dude was down with it. Oh, I can. <laughs> you mean to tell me that a fourteen-year-old boy growing up in Little Rock, Arkansas, in the forties, hey. fifties, and sixties, had his own mind and the presence of mind? With all of that racism being embedded in 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 the the country, yes, in 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 Little Rock, Arkansas, in particular, that fourteen year old Jerry Jones was not evolved enough to go. Well, this ain't right. Yeah, of course not. That's he was <laughs> he was doing what everybody else was doing. He's a fourteen year old kid who would, didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, and he had been taught his entire life that white people are superior, black people are inferior, and the two should not mix. He was there with that express purpose. Now, he was 14 years old. Okay, I'll give you a pass for that. However, here's where the shit right now still don't sit right with me. Jerry Jones, never had a black coach. Nope. No black front office executives. Nope. Was real shitty when it came to Colin Kaepernick. Yep. Okay, um, Jerry Jones has had some, along with other NFL owners, has had some retrograde ideas and thoughts spill out of his stupid Jack Daniels-soaked brain. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I cannot separate, and I will not separate until I get. I feel like I get um, enough evidence to do so. I will not separate fourteen-year-old Jerry Jones from eighty-year-old Jerry Jones. Because looking at Jerry Jones's record, when it comes to people of color, and 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 seeing them as equals or worthy of positions of power, Jerry Jones hasn't given me any evidence that he believes that black people are equal and should be in positions of power. He's okay with us being. Um, what's the best way to put it? He's okay with us serving him. Yep. He's not okay with us, to my knowledge, he's not okay with us being equal to him. Dig what I'm saying? 
Oh yeah, well remember remember he had a li- he had a real tough time paying his best player uh, uh, when what's his face got uh, the running back uh, Emmitt oh, Smith. Ezekiel Elliott. Emmitt Smith. Emmitt Smith. Oh, Emmitt Smith. Oh, we're going back then. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. I forgot Emmitt Smith held Remember? out. That's right. Remember, yeah. he, did, he he had no problem paying nobody else, but he didn't want to pay Emmitt. And that team I wasn't winning. I forgot about that. I'm just saying, he didn't want to pay Emmitt. Like, Emmitt had to fucking hold out. And you had to see, oh, we can't win without him. Well, let's go give him some money. So uh, I, and and then, and then he overcompensated with that, mm-hmm. uh, you know. He grabbed the steering wheel and jerked it too far to the right by giving Ezekiel Elliott all that money. And Ezekiel Elliott right now is cooked. Wow, <laughs> what's going on? Hey man, Father Time is undefeated, baby. Yeah, the shelf life of, of an NFL running back is like, when one of these guys has a, like a five year period when they're just great. I automatically stick him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you get you get five great years out of a running back. Just you you you've done better than anybody. Just I mean, fucking, I mean, put him you're in not there. saying anything out of bounds, my man. <laughs> put him in there. It's insane. You have done something extraordinary, sir. Here's your gold jacket. As, especially <laughs> as, especially now, like running backs are so. I've never been more dispensable. Yeah. Like I, I've never seen it this way. It's just gotten worse and worse year after year. Like. There are no like uh, lead running backs these days. You got after Derrick Henry, who's left? Well, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, but those guys are the rare breed. There's one more. Uh, there's one more. I'm trying to think of. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's pretty good, but the culture are garbage. So you just don't hear much about him. Saquon Barkley, when he's healthy, he's okay. But your point remains. Yeah. Uh, and, and Christian McCaffrey too. You know, if, if the Niners continue on their track and he has a couple of games, his his name will get mentioned again because Christian McCaffrey's that dude. I mean, just seeing him in person over these last few weeks, he is he is a special special athlete. Period. But your point remains. I mean, we're really only talking about um, a few guys. You can count them on one hand and be missing some fingers off of that hand. It's Derrick Henry, is Nick Chubb, and yeah. then like I said, you, you Josh Jacobs. I'm fine with that. Uh, Taylor in uh, in in Indianapolis, and then really, it, it's yo man, that's it. You fall off a cliff. <clears throat> I mean, we're so accustomed to quarterbacks throwing forty times a game, like mm-hmm. without any even blinking an eye. Once upon a time, if a quarterback threw twenty times, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, you what threw, happened? You threw twenty times. You had a fifty percent completion percentage. Wow, <laughs> you are a gunslinger. Wow, Holy you're shit. amazing. Who you think you are, Dan Fouts? I mean, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a it was a big deal when Kenny Stabler was hitting sixty percent as a right. as a as a big. Oh my God! Somebody, uh, who the fuck was it? Listen, I I I was a big big Donovan McNabb fan. I liked Donovan McNabb. So I'm just full disclosure. Mm-hmm. I liked Donovan McNabb a lot as a player. I thought he was amazing. Um, but someone the other day was making the comparison between Jimmy Garoppolo and Donovan McNabb, saying, well, they have pretty much the same stats. All all uh, Garoppolo has to do is win a Super Bowl. He could be a Hall of Fame. You, no, whoa, you, whoa, whoa, you, say now. Hey, you hey. get the fuck out of here. Hey, man, what? Jimmy Garoppolo is not fucking Donovan McNabb. What the fuck? The- and, and this is a this is a legit debate. Who who, who oh. who's having this debate? Oh, who is this? Oh, this is this is these. Oh, these are some sports talk guys. These are some sports talk hosts. 
Uh, I I won't mention their names. No, you should mention their names. They need to be publicly (laughs) shamed. But I was like, no, dude. You're 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 talking the dumbest shit. No, Jimmy Garoppolo high right now. Donnie McNabb is a borderline hall, and actually probably should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, when you look at his, when you look at Donovan's numbers compared nah, you, to some you, of the you quarterback, you got to get the Super Bowl. Sorry. Well, <laughs> Dan Fouts does not have a Super Bowl. Yeah, but that's Dan, Dan Fouts. Well, but this is my point. Dan, Dan, uh, Dan Marino doesn't have a Super Bowl. Whoa, easy, 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 easy. The guy is thrown for fifty thousand yards. Come on now. All I'm saying, Dan Marino. This, all I'm saying is this: there are guys from Donovan McNabb's era that don't have the numbers or the success on the field that Donovan McNabb had. Donovan McNabb was in the, what, NFC playoff game, what, four, four years straight, got to Super Bowl once, lost it. <clears throat> and, they, and he was literally the only thing on that team except for one year when they had Terrell Owens. But he was, that team won every year. They had no offense to speak of. They just had Donovan and a bunch of scrubs, and they had a very mediocre defense. So I, I feel like that dude was really – I'd, really, I'd, really have to look, I'd have to look at his numbers um, reflexively, and I think after seeing his numbers, I'm still going to say that he's not a Hall of Famer. I do think Donovan McNabb is, is underrated, uh, uh, at times criminally underrated, and I think he's underrated or he is, he is dismissed is the best word to put it because he didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's uh, what's fucked up, though. Because... Be, you know, because he did throw up on national television, because he did have that beef with, with Tara Lowens. Um, and, and also, you know, he's been out of the media spotlight. He didn't go right from playing quarterback right to the broadcast booth, which is what a lot of guys do to help their hall of fame chances to stay in, uh, in the spotlight. So yeah, I I will give you that Donovan McNabb has been underrated. I will give you that Donovan McNabb has been dismissed, but again, I need to see his numbers. The hall of fame is the hall of fame, especially in the, in the NFL. It's supposed to be hard to get into. Absolutely. And I just think from a name test or an eye test, is Donovan McNabb a Hall of Famer? I can't bang with that. But is Donovan McNabb a guy who should get a lot more uh, love, for lack of a better way of putting it, considering some of the things uh, he did, as you mentioned, and also the way he played? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's 46. Wow. Yeah, Donovan McNabb. Yeah, he old. Wow. Well, it's not old, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, re- relatively speaking. Yes, yeah. relatively speaking. Yes. Well, yeah. When did he last play? I mean, we're uh, probably talking 15 years ago, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. The dude has 37,000 yards passing. I mean, that's a yeah, yeah. But passing yards alone ain't gonna get you in the Hall of Fame. No, they won't. Um, Eagles Hall of Fame. I'm just looking at it. It's just very. Uh, yeah, is is he the greatest quarterback in Eagles history? Flat out. Oh my God, it's not. It's not even. Should that guy's number have been retired by now? Flat out. Yeah. So during his tenure with the Eagles, from he was there for eleven years. He took him to the playoffs eight times. Five times they won a division, and five times they were the NFC title game. Yeah. And once they got to the Super Bowl. So I, I mean, the dude's. Uh, oh, he's the fourth, only the fourth quarterback in NFL history to have thirty thousand yards passing and two hundred uh, two hundred touchdown passes and three thousand yards pass three thousand yards rushing. Yeah, I mean, again, what he did was the, impressive. Uh, by the way, everybody I don't know else, if that's Hall of Fame worthy. By the way, everybody else who's done that is in the Hall of Fame. Fran Tarkenton, 
John Elway, Steve Young. He has more yards passing than Steve Young. Well, I would argue that Fran Tarkington is not a Hall of Famer. And ah! Steve Young, easy, easy with the Steve Young stuff now. You know Steve's a Hall of Famer. Don't do that. Fran Tarkington, come on, man. That little dude running around out there. Yeah, stop it. Stop it. Nah. 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 You got, you got to no, put no, him in No, there. no, no, no. All that is, that's the first time people saw a white boy scramble, and they were like, this shit is awesome. Look well, at what this guy can do. Like, man, get out of here. No, but also, this is a dude who, in an area where nobody was throwing the ball, he amassed 30,000 yards passing and 200 touchdowns. That's a pretty big fucking Yeah, deal. while running around out there like a pixie. And then uh, give, give him his quick. I don't even, even particularly like Fran Tarkenton as a guy. He's kind no, of he not, and, and that's why I'm hating on him. Fran yeah. Tarkenton's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fran is a racist Georgia yeah. asshole. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why he I'm is. hating, dog. I'm, 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 I'm glad to know that it was very obvious and transparent. No, he is. <laughs> he's, definitely, he's definitely a racist. And, and if I'm really being real about Motherfucker it. Motherfucker probably voted for Herschel Walker twice. Oh, and <laughs> if, if I'm being real about it, as much as I love him as a player, John Elway on that same train. I mean, he's a big Trump dude. So I, 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 I know, but he is a legitimate Hall of Famer. Well, John Elway is that dude. John Elway was amazing. Um, I, I think John Elway is one of the five best quarterbacks I've ever seen play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but I'm also, you know, I also those with my own eyes. I didn't get to see. I, I was, I was came along at the tail end of Fran Tarkenton's career, so I was young when he was kind of flaming out. But the numbers are the numbers, and if there's only, if the only four guys who've ever done that are in the Hall of Fame, it's hard, and Fran Tarkenton didn't win the Super Bowl. He went went there a bunch went to of times. four, right? Yeah, went to, he's a John, he's the John, the John Kelly of his era. Yeah, you know what? All right, you know what? I'll give. I still don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but like I said, criminally underrated. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and and also, I this is where I feel with I do sort of sympathize with your perspective because I feel like I feel like there are certain if we just strictly use numbers because people what numbers are what people always go by, then you have to use the numbers. And like if if this if the numbers are this criteria and this person reaches those numbers, then it's hard to make it an argument against that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, but but again, that's that's what we talk about in sports analytics, which is yeah. which is making decisions based on yeah. numbers uh, heavily or numbers exclusively versus yeah. the eye test. Yeah. You know it when you see it. All right, yeah. it's like yeah. pornography. You know it when you see it. Okay, <laughs> you know a Hall of Famer when you see one. Yes, and sir. my thing with Donovan McNabb, and we both saw him is that if you just want to look at numbers and compare his numbers to what other Hall of Famers or, or pseudo-Hall of Famers have done, you look and go, well, that guy should get a lot more run than he does. But if you watched him play, if you watched him play, there would be times where Donovan McNabb's play would come up short. And I think you 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 know you go to four NFC championship games and Andy Reid, listen, he was the coach of those Eagles teams at the time, uh-huh. and Andy Reid had, had a lot to do with some of those losses. But now Andy Reid, after going to Kansas City, winning the Super Bowl, going to yep. the Super Bowl, and, yep. and doing what he's done for Patrick Mahomes' career, Andy Reid is going to walk right in, into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but with man. McNabb, you, you watch those NFC championship games, and you could point to, like, he's part of the reason, if not the reason, that they lost those games. I'm fine with numbers, and I'm fine with numbers using numbers to, to, to bolster a possible Hall of Fame candidacy. But I'm also going to use my eyes in my brain to let me know if that guy's a Hall of Famer. And I just can't go there with Donovan McNabb. I can't. Uh, but if he'd have won a Super Bowl, 
out of those, you know, out of those trips to the NFC Championship game or the one time he went to the Super Bowl, then we're having a completely different conversation. I also think I also think about the competition that they face too. Like I think the year that they lost to New England in the Super Bowl, I, I, I New England was just better. I think that sure, they all, of course, they, all, they always come up with, went up against better teams. I think that remember Andy Reid was also ran out of Philadelphia as well. It's funny because everybody yeah. looks looks back fondly on Andy Reid, but he was one of the he was a big issue that reason that the Eagles didn't win. And also Andy Reid couldn't manage a clock to save his life. This is the thing, right? And so I just think all those things taken into consideration. I think Andy Reid is going to be in the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of oh, Fame. Yeah. He's as much success as that. Everywhere they go. Listen, the guy's won everywhere he's went, period. And I can't take that away from him. But there's def- there's definitely some things that uh that he did that was suspect. Also, I feel like the Eagles organization wasn't really a well run organization. They never really had enough offensive talent over there. The dude never had any receivers. The defense, That's true. They, I mean, they never had any real offense to speak of. Donovan McNabb was the guy who was supposed to be the running back and the quarterback. And if they could have had him catch it, they would have had him catch it too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you on uh, on that. Let's uh, let's move on to the world of pop culture. Take it away. Yes, sir. Man. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I'll let you take this away. Yeah, Chris, Christine McVie, she, uh, the yeah, legendary vocalist yeah. for uh, the legendary group Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, Christine McVie passed away uh, yesterday as we take this. She passed away on November 30th. Um, she was, who's Christine McVie, if you're not really down with Fleetwood Mac? She's not Stevie Nicks. Okay, <laughs> that's the best way to describe Christine McVie to people who are who are not Fleetwood Mac fans. If you're Fleetwood Mac fans, you know who Christine McVie is. Pretty she much. was she was she was she was the glue of Fleetwood Mac. She was the she was the the best songwriter out of the group. I thought her I I preferred Christine McVie led songs to to those led by. Stevie Nicks, just really? for me. I yeah, absolutely. I always loved Christine. Christine McVie to me had this almost. Her her voice just had this lightness. Well, to she's it. It was, it's, she's it was smoother. Vocalist. It was almost ethereal. You yeah. know, if I, if I'm using that word or even saying yeah. that word correctly, but to me, it it just her voice just hit me in a certain way and made me a fan of of hers and of Fleetwood Mac. And when you look at the songs that, not the songs that she sang, but the songs that she wrote, you know, she wrote Don't Stop. Yeah. yeah. Even though she's not the lead singer on that. Um, You know, Songbird is an unbelievable song. Little Lies, Everywhere, which I know people are getting sick of because it's in a Chevy (laughs) commercial as of late. But Everywhere is a beautiful song. And to me, it's pure Christine McVie, just a lightness in her voice. There was almost this sweetness in her voice, even when she was talking about sadness or she was talking about heartbreak. Uh, You Make Loving Fun is just a beautiful, beautiful song. It's a great record. And there's other uh, songs that she wrote that that were either sung by uh, uh, Lindsey Buckingham and or um, Stevie Nicks Nicks, uh, that she wrote that are absolute bangers, that are absolute classics that will live forever, long past, you know, when Fleetwood Mac 
uh, is uh, is no longer with us. So yeah, man, when I heard that uh, she passed away yesterday, it was unexpected, even though yeah. she was in her her very late seventies. Uh, that uh, that hit me because I hold, I've been... hold me was a great record. <laughs> that I, was I, the I, that was the song I, I was I, thinking of. Hold I, me is an unbelievable song, and she wrote that. Yeah, I used to love that video. I used to watch that video all the fucking oh, time. Oh man, I, I forgot video. about hold me. Yes, hold me is such a great song. So. Stevie Nicks, you know, you, you if you if you've read, uh, you, you know, tributes to her, everybody says the same thing. She was the soul of that band. She was mm -hmm. the glue of that band. She was the songstress of that band. If Stevie Nicks and to a lesser extent, uh, uh, Lindsey Buckingham yeah. were the faces of Fleetwood Mac and John McVie and Mick Fleetwood were the they were the rhythm section. So let's yeah. just say they were the backbone of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Christine McVie out of those five people was smack dab in the middle. She held that motherfucker together. Howdy she dude. was a beautiful, beautiful artist. You, 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 I mean, Fleetwood Mac, that run that they had from what was about probably like the mid, mid seventies on through the early nineties. Man, they were still on tour last year making bank. Yeah, dude. They, uh, I don't think they ever had a flop, uh, in the seventies or the early eighties. I, no. I mean, they, they killed it. I don't know how many number one albums in a row they have, but I remember like they, Rumors and Tusk and Mirage. Uh, what was the other one? Tango in the Night. Uh, that yeah. was when I, that's when I graduated high school, so I remember that one. Uh, but yeah, they, they had a run that was insane for a while. And shout out to Irene Cara, uh, who passed away uh, earlier this week as we taped this. You want to talk about just a, another sweet uh, soul, uh, uh, just a, a brilliant voice and a brilliant artist. Uh, she sang uh, the title track to uh, Flashdance, Flashdance, What a Feeling. She also sang, exactly, she sang uh, Fame and, and was in the movie Fame and the television show Fame. If I'm remembering uh, correctly, she she passed away unexpectedly. I think she, Irene Cara, was only in her uh, in her early 60s. Yeah. But yeah, man, Irene Cara was just awesome. Just, uh, just a beautiful lady, a beautiful voice, and uh, definitely wanted to uh, shout her out because uh, she was... Man, she was absolutely insanely talented. Yeah, Irene Caro is so weird that for like two years as a kid, uh, I was just gaga for her. This is like one of my, you know, that little, those years when you're realizing, that, oh, I think I like girls. <laughs> yeah, that was Irene Caro. I remember seeing Fame as a kid. She played Coco in Fame. That's right. And uh, there was a scene, there was a, it was a really rough scene to watch. Like now as an adult, Thinking about watching that movie when I was like 11 or 12 years old, that was a pretty tough watch. What were my parents thinking of letting me watch it? There's a scene in that movie where uh, she's kind of like on the casting couch. They have her, um, I think she's supposed to be doing an audition, but they have her take her clothes off in front of, oh, it was a rough scene, man. And she's like a young girl, like a minor in that, in that she's supposed to be a minor mm -hmm. in, in the, supposed to be a high school kid. It's a really rough scene. Fame, that movie, is so much fun. And it's such a dark film. It's, it's, it's a very cynical movie. If you ever get a chance to watch it, you should. It's just it's fun. It's amazing. The music is incredible. There's a scene. Uh, matter of fact, for a while, there was a song called Hot Lunch that was everywhere. <laughs> it was everywhere. It was, in, it was in all the commercials. It was in all the TV. It was everywhere. And she was a big part of that. So, yeah, shout out to Irene Carrot, man. Love her. Yeah, and she was, uh, she was a very, very 
you know, she wasn't just this, but man, she was pretty. Yes. So yeah, you know, sure. you 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 definitely, you know, <laughs> right on when you're 11, 12 years old, like I was at the time <laughs> going, she pretty. I like yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody everybody loved Coco. And man, ain't no doubt about that. So yeah, just uh so can, rest, rest can in we, peace Christine McVie and Irene Cara, two uh two great voices unfortunately no longer with us. Can we hit on this real quick? This is just some juicy ass gossip that I'm Lay it on, on me, dog. What up? Um, I don't know how much you watch Good Morning America. I do not. <sighs> so <laughs> the anchors of that show, TJ Holmes and Amy Robach. Amy Robach, I watched her for years. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think she used to be on Dateline or 2020, one of those. Uh, and TJ Holmes, actually, TJ Holmes used to be uh, an anchor here in the Bay Area on NBC. Well, I was going to ask, I, I feel like I remember him from CNN. He was but on he, CNN as well, yes. But he was on, uh, was he on NBC Bay Area or was he on Channel, was he on Cron when they were at NBC affiliate? In, NBC Bay Area, that's right. He was a, Really? In, in San Jose, he was there. Okay. Uh, like right after they made that move to San Jose, TJ was there. Okay. And so, uh, <laughs> so now, and by the way, they're both married and uh, uh-oh. they got busted. I don't know if they got busted. That's the other question. I don't know if they really got busted. But apparently, the Daily Mail got these guys video footage of them taking a little secret rendezvous vacation in upstate New York, baby. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Co-workers, co-anchors on television yes, uh, who are married to others <laughs> are bumping uglies? Oh, <laughs> damn. The spot is, is hot. This is so juicy. And then, and so yesterday, I just, I was just, I wanted to just see what the, what the word was, what was going on. I tried to look them up on Instagram. Mm-hmm. All, all their social shit is scrubbed. Oh, hell. It's all <laughs> hey, scrubbed. You did that because divorce attorneys <laughs> are getting involved. So <laughs> you, <laughs> you're trying to get rid of all the evidence. Oh, shit. So I'm going to actually go back today and see if I can look up Good Morning America, see if they were on there today. But this is like some of the juicy. I just don't under listen. I, I'm far be it for me to judge anybody on their hustle. Like do what you do, but don't be dumb about it. And I just don't understand why why you would get busted like this. This is why I say, Rod, that maybe it was a, not a secret affair. Maybe they're divorced or separated from their spouses, and because it's there's pictures of them just kind of walking around like any other couple in the coffee shop holding hands, him squeezing her booty uh, in video while they're on this trip in, in upstate New York. Like, I feel like they're so open about it. Like, they're not even trying to hide it. So I feel like maybe there's more to the story. So I'm looking at pictures. I remember old boy. I yeah. remember him on CNN. I don't remember him here yeah. in the Bay Area. And old girl, you know, I don't know her, but she cute. I, yeah, she good I, enough. I, you know, is, is, it, is it worth throwing away your marriage on? Yeah. <laughs> She ain't gonna say I'm a high ex, so I'm gonna have to say no on that. Uh, but um, I, hey, man, listen. You, good luck to your brother and and uh, young lady, I guess. Because do you really want to be working with the person you you drop an anchor in? I See, I, I wouldn't want to do it. 
couldn't be me. I wouldn't. And I actually, I worked with, uh, I worked with Tove on a, on a radio show. Uh, and boy, that was, that was not always easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and then you like, you see, uh, the, the cats on Morning Joe, um, uh, Mika Brzezinski, I think that's her name. And yeah, and, yeah, and the the guy with the square head, sure, yeah, yeah. And Joe by the way, same shit. Like they were, weren't they? She was married, and he was married, and then suddenly they're no longer married, and now they're married to each other. And I feel like we have the same sort of thing brewing here. Man, daytime television is is wild. That's huh? <laughs> where it's my, at. My God, I guess getting up at three o'clock in the morning to deliver bad news to people five days a week—you just got to release it somehow. And you're just looking for the nearest person to release it on. That's you, trauma bonding. That's you that come here. I've been talking about the coronavirus for four straight hours. <laughs> me and you—we got to do it right now. I got to get this out of me. You know, right and act, actually, I mean, I, I, we make fun of it, but it probably happens a hell of a lot more than we even know. Right? Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. Probably Absolutely. Happens. But you know what? Now I'm going to have to start watching. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to start watching Good Morning America. Oh, yeah. Uh, not because I am interested in uh, in th their news. I'm just going to watch them on television and be yeah. like, Hmm. <laughs> so I wonder if they just finish fucking yeah. or if they're going to be fucking when this is <laughs> hmm. uh, so I'm just going to stare at them for every many hours on television going these two people fucking it's it just, they fucking it's, it's so weird to me that you would be so like cavalier about the whole thing that's why I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that there's more to the story that it's a little bit more complicated than what we're seeing but it is weird that they suddenly scrubbed all their shit and they're nowhere to be seen like if you if you if you're this open about it and there's nothing to be nothing to be shamed about why are you hiding all this shit all of a sudden yeah i mean listen i ain't making no value judgments do what you want to do it ain't none of yeah. my damn business right uh i am curious though just to, again just from a curiosity standpoint, mm -hmm. I would love to know what uh, his wife and her husband think about this situation. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! And you know who she, you know who she was married to, right? No, I don't. Andrew Shue. You remember that guy? Elizabeth Shue's brother. Yes. The guy from what movie was? Uh, uh, was he was a TV in, show? He was in the TV. Pink. He was no, in the TV in, show. He was in Pretty in Pink, though, right? Wasn't he? He was on. What's oh no, that was it. Was that Anthony Edwards? Hell, I don't know, but I know no. Andrew Shue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. He, no, he was in Melrose Place. That's what. It that's was. right. It was Melrose. Melrose. Damn. <laughs> he got Melrose placed in real life. <laughs> Holy smokes! <laughs> Freaking nasty. Boy, Man. I love grown-up tea. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Uh, let's start to wrap this bad boy up. What else you got, man? What you got for well, a random tip? This is just random, and I, I hate to go out on a, on sort of a down note, but it's weird that we've had a, a few more mass shootings over the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. And and um, the strangest thing about it, Rod, is we really haven't blinked an eye. Not an eye. And it's 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 become it's, – it's, it's so commonplace. That we're not even, it's not even barely making the front page of the news anymore. And that's, that's disconcerting to say the very least. Guy walked into a Walmart, uh, had a hit list and killed people on that list. Yeah. 
and we were just like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. That and that, of course, came after the uh, the mass shooting at, at the nightclub uh, at the nightclub in Colorado Springs. What the it, fuck? It's just it's America, baby. Jesus Christ, right? It literally is what we do. We shoot. Yep. In mass, and then we forget about it. America is the is the, has more gun deaths than any country in the world by far. It is literally the most dangerous place in the world. The most dangerous place. In the world. We're not talking. We're talking about like not third world countries where there's constant war. Just these civilized nations, quote unquote. We're just killing people at an alarming rate with guns. With there the are... same gun, though. Yeah. Like I walked into a Walmart with a handgun, but the, the Club Q shooting, uh, the Buffalo supermarket shooting, and others that I can't remember because they were too numerous, Yeah, all the same gun, AR-15. Insane. And we're just like, nah, let, let, him, let him have them. We should, we should make it easier to get guns. Yep. And the funny thing is, the, the the shooting at the nightclub. We know they talk about it. The only thing, the only way to stop a, a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Well, this just happened to be a couple of drag queens <laughs> who decided we're gonna keep this motherfucker from killing any more people. They just jumped his ass, tackled him, and that was that. Hey man, let me tell you something. One of my favorite pictures over the last couple of weeks is the mugshot of that asshole <laughs> who walked into the nightclub and killed all those people in Colorado Springs. Mm. That mugshot of him all bloodied and bruised up. Sweet. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> they whooped his ass. Sweet. <laughs> Say, man. Yo, <laughs> some drag queens dropped them dogs on his ass. Sweet. <laughs> and, and and didn't whoop his ass enough. And and no, then... no, 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 no. They should have they should have literally beat him to death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then that would have deprived us of an, just a just an absolutely perfect mugshot of that fat, bloated, bruised motherfucker. Uh post get hey you got your ass worked <laughs> by, by the people in that club. By the drag queens. <laughs> <laughs> What a great photo I mean, op that would be. I, 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 please understand, and I'm sure that not you, but you yeah. the folks who are listening do. I'm not laughing at the horrific nature of the situation, but I do think the irony that that well, the irony even in 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 life, it's okay to laugh at at things that are genuinely funny, but are are also involved in 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 tragedy. Yes. It's just it's just human nature. That's just what we do. So I'm yeah. I'm going to continue to enjoy because I can see the the mugshot in my mind's eye. Right <laughs> I'm going to continue to enjoy the the deliciousness of that dude getting his ass whooped, bro. If after have- doing such a horrific thing, but getting his ass whooped by all them drag queens, and that mugshot is going to live forever. And damn it, I'm here for it. I'm all, I'm down for a lot. Give me the gallows humor every single day. Keep yeah, it dark. That keeps it sane. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and, his ass. <laughs> and it, isn't it true that most humor is grounded in some kind of tragedy anyway? Oh, of course, of course, yeah. of course. But but you know, you want to talk about real heroes? Uh, the the uh, the former military man who was in the club, and I think he was there because yeah. it, just to support his 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 kids. Yeah. Um. Uh, he's not gay. He's not transgender. He's, he's not yeah. a, a drag queen. Uh. But he was there. Uh. Uh. Because he was there with his family. Um. You know that guy is yeah. the one who stopped a, a horrible tragedy from being even more yeah. horrific. 
you know, he confronted that shooter. He was unarmed, unlike unarmed. those cowards in the Uvalde Police Department who were oh my God. did nothing about that horrific school shooting. But this guy, unarmed, subdued uh, the guy in Colorado Springs, and then uh, those drag queens came in and said, hang on, let us get a piece. <laughs> and oh boy, did they get a piece. <laughs> they got the whole pie, baby. <laughs> the whole pie. Sweet. <laughs> I know I know we got to wrap it up, but uh, I, w- I want to put something on your mind for yep. the n- next time we jump on. Is uh, We didn't get to talk about it much, but I really want to dig deeper into it. FIFA. Uh, FIFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that whole thing is because we didn't get to talk about Qatar and how they. Oh man! Ooh. I mean, the, we could talk about that. I'm so uh, annoyed and offended and fascinated all at once by this organization. Ha- have you? Oh man! Listen, FIFA. If you think NFL owners are are just repugnant, corrupt people, oh yes, man. FIFA look at NFL owners like, man, yeah. y'all chumps. Y'all, yeah. y'all, y'all ain't got this bribery game down. We got it. The International Olympic Committee looks at FIFA and goes, those guys, <laughs> <laughs> they really know grafted corruption. Those are the guys that really get the job done. Have you seen the the, <clears throat> the, the conditions there? What they have, uh, what they have fans from other countries what they have them living in dude they got them living in shipping containers and what the the fuck (laughs) it's the wildest shit what the fuck they got motherfuckers traveling literally from around the world and they're living in shipping containers holy shit they got stadiums that float on air and nobody thought to build any hotels and then the 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 one guy was like yeah we had about four or five hundred migrant workers die building these stadiums like he just admitted that shit casually it's wild it's insane <laughs> a, a nation that never should have had this event in the first place it's just I, I, I'm constantly blown away by it. every time FIFA is mentioned it just makes my skin crawl Wait, it, not, not only do they have you living in shipping containers you can't drink to get no, rid of the fact you can't, that you, you are drink. living in a fucking shipping container in the <laughs> middle of the desert drink. because you want to watch soccer. You can't <laughs> drink. Like, <That's> some, <laughs> and they came up with that the day before the tournament started. Like, it's, oh, it's, yeah, by the way, uh, alcohol is haram. Like, oh, my fuck? God. <laughs> Listen, e- e- even I know. Soccer and beer, they go together, baby. Oh, man, man, listen, <laughs> as much as I love soccer, it's a lot more entertaining when you got a low-level buzz. Please believe that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Because, yeah, people, I'm some wild cats. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's another edition of your favorite podcast, Quality Hang. It's not just the name of the podcast. Indeed, as you can tell when we get together, it's a quality hang. Yes, we uh, hope that you see it that way. Marcus, my brother, it is good to be back after a little Thanksgiving hiatus. Yes, sir. Let's do it again next week, my brother. Yes, sir. All right, man. Be well. And hey, all you out there, be good or be good at it. <laughs>